Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. What's up? Welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Sellerson, and uh, co-hosting me today, the wonderful Jennifer Hale from NFL on Fox and Fox Sports New Orleans. Sean Kelly has a much-deserved morning off, and Jen, I appreciate you joining me this morning. Thanks for letting me come hang out. This is fun. No problem. Um, today we got a good show for you. Of course, the Pelicans, a winner last night over the, I want to say the Baltimore Wizards because they played in Baltimore, but it is the Washington Wizards. It is. They win 88-84. to We'll have more on that. Also, Monday Night Football to talk about a little bit. Steelers over the Texans, and we'll start previewing Saints and Packers. But first, Jen, Pelicans, a winner again last night, 88-84. to Start rolling a little bit after one and two starting the preseason, now three straight wins. It is only preseason, Daniel, but I think any any bit of confidence this team can get, plus chemistry, gelling. You know, some of these pieces were in place last season, but you had such big injuries. They haven't had the time to get the cohesion and the, the teamwork that's really necessary to go on a big run. So that's why I think preseason is so important right now for the Pelicans. Let Drew Holiday and Ryan Anderson really get in there, learn to find their rhythm again with these guys. And then, you know, the new big team, uh, Amir Ashik and, and Anthony Davis, give them some time to gel before it counts for real and I'm very excited I think this this team has a lot of promise you mentioned the time because some people are saying well why are these starters playing so much you know this is preseason shouldn't they be resting but with the injuries last year and the new pieces like Omer, I think these guys have to gel together absolutely you want a team that they know what the other guy's thinking just by looking at his eyes. They don't have to talk. They don't have to game plan. And the only way you get that is time invested together. So that's why I think, again, preseason for this squad is so important. That's why you're seeing the starters get so much time together. Uh, and then Anthony Davis, Daniel, you know him. He's just he's a workhorse. He loves to play and compete. Uh, he's been all summer with Team USA, uh, resulting in a gold medal effort. He's not going to sit the bench. Try to get that guy to stay out of the game. Uh, now, yesterday he, he did have some, some frightening moments with that right wrist but from what we understand, it's it, it's minor. Yes. Uh, nothing that's going to affect the regular season at all. Thank God. <laughs> yes. I'm not going to lie. I was a little scared at the moment there. He still had 14 points, eight rebounds. Most of that in the first half, he injured that hand in the second. And I'm thinking, why are you trying to alley-oop right now? Let's just 
Let's keep it healthy, everyone. But uh, nonetheless, Anthony Davis led the way with 14 points. Tyreek Evans continues to play well. 10 points. Most important thing, though, seven assists for him, five rebounds. He's Second straight game, he's led the team in assists. And off the bench, Ryan Anderson, 11 points, 5 of 11 shooting. And he just looks like he never got injured, just right back into his form, Jen. Isn't it great to see, too, because this is just one of everybody's favorite guys on the team, just a consummate team guy, locker room guy, great professional. Uh, so just personally, everybody's cheering for him. But on the court, Daniel, his his presence, you always have to account for him. He's such a three-point threat. He's a game-changer for the Pelicans. Um, I would say there's a very good argument that, that next to Anthony Davis, he's the most important piece on the squad. So to see him come back and to see him so excited about it, he can't stop smiling. He's so relieved and happy to be back in the groove, so to speak. Um, it, it's fun to watch him play, and I think he's going to be a, a big difference maker on the court for the squad. We'll have more on the Pelicans' win over the Wizards in our next segment. We'll hear from head coach Monty Williams, and also we'll hear from Ryan Anderson. Monday Night Football last night, Steelers over the Texans 30-23. to It looked at one point like it was going to be all Texans, 13-0 to start off the game, and then the Steelers 24 unanswered points the last three minutes. Just unheard of in the Steelers' win. Jen, I know you're traveling back to Detroit. Were you able to catch a little bit of the game last night? A little bit. It was important to me because my pool – revolved okay. around that game. It came down to, to Monday night football, and I have lost the pool three times on Monday night. Uh-oh. Finally won last night. Nice. So I was excited, selfishly, personally. Yes. <laughs> I hear you. I had fantasy football implications on the line. Unfortunately, it did not work out for me. Andre Johnson, I'm looking for you later. But, um, yes, a big win for the Steelers over the Texans, 30-23, to and we'll turn our attention also to the Saints-Packers. Big Sunday night football game coming up in the Dome. It's a perfect get-right game. Now, granted, this is a tough challenge. The Packers, arguably the third-hottest team in the NFL. They're on a four-game winning streak. They are strong, but nothing like the Saints in primetime at home in the Superdome with a sold-out crowd. So I think this is setting up perfectly for the Saints to have their rebound game here. And we'll start the conversation with Mike Spofford coming up. Jen has a great interview with him from Packers.com. We'll also talk about a little bit of Gleason Grow. I believe that's this Saturday, Jen. Yep, coming up. Uh, everybody knows Steve Gleason. He needs no introduction. This is really the the biggest fundraiser that they do all year. Uh, lots of Saints players will be out and about for that. It's going to be great to see Steve. Uh, he always enjoys it, and it's fun to watch him out there with everybody. Just such an inspiring story, and despite all the personal trials and tribulations, he continues to do so much for the community and, and for others. So it's going to be a great time. Awesome music, great people out there, and uh, we're going to be giving you all the scoop on, on what you can expect. So so plan to come out and support Steve and Team Gleason, please, if you can. Yep, and more information on this show today. So we'll have some Packers talk, Steve Gleason talk. And uh, coming up next, we'll recap the Pelicans' win over the Wizards. More Black and Blue Report in one minute. Everything you need to know about your New Orleans Pelicans is right in the palm of your hands. The New Orleans Pelicans app is easy to use, plus makes an excellent companion whether you're watching the team in the Smoothie King Center or on the road. Recently added features on the app include the latest videos and highlights, plus access to a full list of arena amenities. Download the Pelicans app for free now on your iPhone or Android devices. For more information, check out pelicans.com today. 
Let's get the ball rolling for a thrilling time at the Sanderson Farms Championship PGA Golf Tournament, November 3rd through 9th at the Country Club of Jackson. For lots of first-class golf and fan-pleasing fun, join us for the Sanderson Farms Championship. It'll be quite a ride, unless you're chicken. For ticket information, visit www.sandersonfarmschampionship.com. This is Pelicans forward Ryan Anderson, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the show. As we mentioned in our first segment, the Pelicans over the Wizards last night, 88-84. to The Pelicans looked dominant for most of the game, leading by as much as 29 points. Anthony Davis led the way, 14 points, 8 rebounds. Pelicans shot 32 of 70 from the field at 46%, 19 of 25 from the line. Turnovers, probably the biggest concern for the Pelicans, 26 of them last night. The Wizards capitalizing with 27 points off those turnovers. And uh, for more on last night's game, let's go back outside the locker room. Sean Kelly spoke with head coach Monty Williams. I'm sure games like this can be hard to evaluate um, when you look at, I guess, the different phases of the night, Coach. Well, we we were really good tonight until the fourth quarter. That um, Our second unit didn't have uh, the same kind of practice energy and, and toughness that we need for our team to be really good. They, we gave up 36 points in the fourth quarter and we couldn't execute an offense um, the way that we should. But it, to me, it's a great teaching game for us because um, I think we were getting a bit happy on the farm um, with all the clippings and what people think we should be. You know, that means nothing. We, we got to go out there and, and keep the consistency that we had in the first three quarters. We got to do that for four quarters. And speaking of the first three quarters, what did you like most? I like you know, the different lineups were a bit weird for me at first, playing the three bigs, but I like the way we shared the ball. Um, I loved our defense in the first three quarters. Um, like Ryan, his rebounding, Omer's rebounding, AD had a good flow tonight. Tyreek and Drew and Eric all can handle the ball. Um, so there was a, a number of things that looked good with that group tonight. Uh, transition offense was really good. Defensively, we were talking a lot better than we have, and so there was some a number of positives from that first three. And like I said, the fourth quarter was something that you know we got to get back and look at the film and make sure we don't let that happen again. You kind of got to use one of your installs in action tonight, that zone defense. Yeah. I think we saw a little bit of it, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We we got a chance to put it out there, and we got a number of stops off of it. Um, I think our guys are. Um, a bit confused on it, on some aspects of it, but uh, most of the, the principles of it, I thought they had down. We had trouble with guys cutting through the lane, but we'll, we'll pick that up as we uh, work it more in practice. Um, it's a work in progress. You know, sometimes we get into the zone. Uh, they don't know what we're doing. Sometimes we don't, but sometimes it can break rhythm. The biggest thing of, about our zone, zone was we rebounded tonight. I think the first half, we only gave up two offensive rebounds. That, that's big for us. I felt like, Coach, in the first, at least the first two quarters, there were two things that showed that you've been wanting. One was versatility yeah. with your lineups. The other was rim protection. Yeah. And that, you know, actually it showed more later in the game when you didn't have Ashik and Davis together. Yeah. But is that starting to come forth now? Well, I think once Omer understands where he can help, um, we have guys who can guard the ball. So sometimes he'll go to help and we don't need him. I think once he figures that out, he'll be a lot better. But both of those guys are capable of using verticality and blocking shots. I don't know if it was a game or two ago we had 11 blocks in a game. So we're capable of doing that. 
at the same time, we'd much rather have our guys guard the ball and then not get to the rim as much. Anything to say about Anthony Davis's wrist? Is there any concern there, Coach? No, I kept him out. He wanted to get back in the game. Uh, Dwayne taped him up, and I was. It, to me, it's not worth it. He had already played uh, 20 minutes. I played him a, a ton uh, in the first half, and so I just didn't want to risk anything. He he fell down and felt like he twisted it or something like that, but I think he'll be fine. If this were the regular, if this were the regular season, would you have put him back in the game? It's not the regular season, so <laughs> I don't know. If it was a regular season, I probably would have put a bunch of guys back in. <laughs> Mighty three straight games, and you guys gotten off to a good start. Is that encouraging? Yeah. That it is. It is. And it, to me, the starts with our defense. You know, we're getting consecutive stops, and we're able to get out in game time, which is our transition offense. And really take advantage of our speed and athleticism. Um, I think that's something, once we get to our normal rotation, we can do throughout the game. Did you see the different lineups as much as you wanted to? Did you get enough time with it tonight? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a work in progress. You know, I think we're, we're going to use it some this year at the right time uh, when we feel like we have a good matchup or we got a break rhythm. Um, but it's, it's something that I'm not as comfortable with, but I'm willing to put on the floor because the guys who are out there can really play. They all can rebound, they can score the ball, and they like playing together. Just from the eyeball test from the sideline, Tyreek defensively, he, yeah. he seemed to hold up okay He's playing that better. position. He's getting better. You know, there, there's going to be some tests to come when he plays against threes who are a lot taller and have more length, but Tyreek can move his feet. Uh, the key for us is to be able to help him out when he gets in situations where the link may bother him or we got to help in the post. But Tyreek can move his feet. That's never been an issue. You know, we can zone some, we can, you know, double his man a little bit, but, you know, it, it's a work in progress, but he's, he's going to get better at it. Off the bench for the Pelicans, Ryan Anderson, 11 points, 8 rebounds, 5 of 11 shooting. Jen and I really talked about that in the first segment, looking like he hasn't missed a beat, and he uh, walked off with Sean after the game and talked about the big win. Ryan Anderson ready to join us here courtside following the Pelicans' win here in Baltimore. And this one's finally over, Ryan, and your team hangs hey, on to win. Hey, Sean. How you doing? I'm doing well. Yourself? I'm doing pretty good. How'd you feel the, the team played tonight? Uh, I think uh, we played great D. Um, I think that uh, they made a great run at the end. Um, but, um, you know, that's the kind of defense we want to play. We want to move the ball, be fast, uh, fast tempo. Uh, that's what we did throughout the game, and uh, we got some easy buckets from it. Um, and we're just continuing to learn and grow uh, playing with each other. You know, I think we looked really good for the most part today. I think it's important to know that you played at least two different positions tonight. Uh, power forward, and we saw you at the 3-2, didn't we? You did see that, okay. Sean. You and how did that. you feel about it? Um, you know, I've been practicing a little bit at it, and we played, obviously, we played zone defense. Mm -hmm. um, but... Uh, you know, I, I think that that's a lineup that, that we can uh, take advantage of at certain times, and um, I'm, I'm very comfortable at it. You know, obviously that, that three position, I need to learn the offense a little bit better, but, um, you know, I, I felt good. felt good out there. I feel like I can spread the court, spread the floor, especially tonight. Guys weren't leaving me, so it gave, gave uh, Tyreek and, and Eric and Drew the, that open lane to the basket. Second half was kind of off the script. If you went first half only, let's just look at those first two quarters. If you look at the five that started and then your role coming off the bench and others, was this as close as to what we probably will see in the regular season as far as lineups go? You know, I, I, I'm i not sure. You know, obviously I, I'd imagine, but uh, that's up to the money and, and the staff and, and what they, they see fit. But, um, 
you know, I, I think that that's, that's definitely a, a great flow of a, of a group. And um, like I said, we're continuing to just learn and, and, and grow with each other. Obviously, having Tyreek back healthy and, um, you know, having everybody back uh, is just great. So we want to just feel that lineup out. And I think that was a, a really good group. A couple more days of practice. There'll be a seventh and final preseason game on Thursday. Coaches said that a lot of the regulars won't play a whole lot. Uh, are you ready to say that this team's ready, or is there still a little bit more to be done before we get to next next week of the 28th? Uh, we got some more practicing to do, but uh, for the most part, I think that, that we're ready. You know, uh, it's been a great pre- preseason, and, and um, I'm excited to get going. I know the rest of the guys are too. Well, I appreciate the visit as always, sir. Sean, you got it, man. Hey, anytime, anytime you want to talk like this. We could do it, you know? Huddled up over the scorer's table? Sure, man. Yep. Anywhere, anytime. Can I get you a cold beverage next time or something? Uh, like a, Yeah, that would be really okay, good. I'm yep. actually kind of parched okay. right now. Uh, yeah, right here. Here you go. Thanks, man. Yep. Hey, have a really great night. I'll see you on the plane. Yes, sir. Thanks, Ryan. Right, and on it. the bus after. Uh, that too. Let's just go home. Let's go, man. All right. Uh, where are Baltimore? <laughs> Let's go, man. All right, <laughs> Ryan Anderson with us here postgame on the Pelicans Radio Network. So, again, the Pelicans a winner, 88-84. One more preseason game to go. That's Thursday night, and we'll keep it in the state in Shreveport, Bossier City, as the Pelicans will take on the Dallas Mavericks at CenturyLink Arena, 7 o'clock on Thursday. Jen, what can we really expect? Last preseason game, I'm sure we'll see the starters for a little bit, but I'm guessing Monty Williams will probably give them some rest as well. Yeah, I think that's a, a good prediction, Daniel. He's going to want to give them one more trial run, one more test run together to, to just – finish this this warm-up routine before it all starts for real next Tuesday the 28th but certainly he's going to want to get some playing time for those young guys as well while this is still just practice he's going to want to see Russ Smith out there go ahead and let him shake the cobwebs off don't be nervous get their NBA feet as wet as possible but I think it's going to be a good game it's going to be their last dress rehearsal before it really goes this team has a lot of expectations surrounding it and they know it and they want to rise to the occasion so it may just be preseason but they're putting an importance, an importance level on, on everything they play. Every time they step out on the court, they, they've never treated it this preseason like it's just a dress rehearsal. As fans and observers of this team in the preseason, sometimes we like to jump to conclusions about how this team's looking. Well, we should beat these guys. They're shorthanded who we're playing. Um, how do we judge them going into the regular season? Last year, this team went 7-1 in the preseason. Unfortunately, uh, injuries were a concern for the Pelicans. How do we look at this team four and two? How can we? What things can we take away from the preseason heading into the regular season? It's an excellent question because normally I'm not a big fan of preseason being a, an indicator of how the regular season's going to go. And, and yes, that is the case this season as well. However, last season you had three key injuries. Losing Drew Holiday and losing Ryan Anderson would be like the Saints losing Drew Brees and Jimmy Graham. So the fact that they're healthy and back, and the fact that they're all playing so well together after not having the time invested that they were supposed to I think is is huge and it it really gives fans a reason to be excited about this upcoming season to believe in it I think this is a team that if they stay healthy I think they're playoff bound no doubt absolutely it's going to be exciting to see one more preseason game to go and then we're finally into regular season play and Jen will be there of course on Tuesday as the Pelicans take on the Orlando Magic of course Thursday is the game against the Dallas Mavericks at CenturyLink Arena in Shreveport, Bossier City. Still plenty of tickets available, so if you want to make the trip, uh, go to Ticketmaster or more, also on pelicans.com. Well, let's turn our attention to Saints. When we come back, Jen Hale will speak to Mike Spofford from Packers.com. We'll get you ready for Sunday night's big game, the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. 
Motto is all across Louisiana with cash jackpots starting at $250,000. That's a whole lot of cash. From the neon lights of Shreveport, Bossier City, to the banks of Grand Isle, Lotto is your game. It doesn't leave the state, and there's nothing like it anywhere else. It's Louisiana fun just for Louisiana. Lotto, it's a whole lot of cash. Must be at least 21 to purchase. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion, it's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Welcome back into the Black and Blue Report today. Time now to visit with Mike Spofford, the senior writer for Packers.com. Mike, thanks so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. You bet. No problem. All right. This Green Bay team, they look pretty hot. Four-game win streak. They spanked the Panthers 38-17 to this past Sunday. Some folks may argue they're the third hottest team in the NFL. Mike, what's going right for the Packers right now? Well, there's a lot of things going right. Certainly the, uh, the the offense with Aaron Rodgers seems to be clicking on on all cylinders. Certainly the last two home games against Minnesota and Carolina, the Packers have come out and scored quick touchdowns in the first quarter, taking big leads right away and, and kind of coasted to victory. The um, the game in, in between in Miami was uh, was not easy by any stretch, and, and Aaron Rodgers needed to you know pull one out of the fire there in the in the final seconds with a last minute drive. So, really, the you know the Packers are uh, are finding finding different ways to win. They're doing doing what it takes to win, and and uh, you know they definitely feel like they're a hot team. Five different Packers playing scoring touchdowns this past Sunday, and Aaron Rodgers completing over 86% of his passes during this win streak overall. Now, Mike, the Superdome can be a loud place to play, especially in prime time. A lot of teams have difficulty on the road compared to at home. You mentioned that Miami game. Do you think the crowd could be a factor for Rodgers in, in the Green Bay offense this Sunday? Oh, I think it definitely, I, it definitely can be, and it definitely will be. I mean, I I remember the Packers' last trip to New Orleans was a Monday night game back in 2008, and kind of a back and forth game, up and down the field for both teams in the first half, and then in the second half, the Saints took control. They got a couple of turnovers on defense, and it started to snowball New Orleans' way, and you could just hear the crowd getting louder and louder and louder, and the Packers getting you know more and more dysfunctional on offense now that was Aaron Rodgers first year as a starter he's certainly come a long way since then but um, this team is well aware of how difficult a place to play the Superdome is and and Rodgers enjoys playing in domes he's had some of the best games in his in his career in domes but uh, the one in New Orleans is certainly one of the loudest and uh, I, I think it's going to present a challenge for this team one of the one of the things Rodgers is so good at doing is getting defenders to jump off sides with a hard count and giving himself a free play and being able to attack deep with no worries, you know, on on a certain snap. Well, that usually happens at home. It doesn't happen on the road in a noisy environment. That, you know, the the Saints aren't likely to jump off sides so much when it's their home crowd that is uh, firing them up. So um, I really think the uh, the home field is going to play to the Saints' advantage. 
There's certainly hope so. They would love a, a nice rebound game after their weekend in Detroit this past Sunday. Let me ask you about the Packers' offensive line and the run game. Looking at your O-line, looks like they struggle a little bit with speed, but they usually win with power. And then you've got two running backs who are doing a fantastic job from what we can see. Eddie Lacy, James Starks, averaging more than five yards per carry. Yeah, this last last Sunday against Carolina was was one of the best uh, rushing efforts that the Packers put together. They shared the carries between Lacey and Starks. Both guys averaged more than five yards a carry in that game. That's uh, that's the kind of running game the Packers would like to have. It hasn't been consistently like that though. It's the the running game has kind of been in in fits and starts. The Packers didn't run the ball very well in Miami the week before. They uh, um, they've had other games early in the season where they didn't run the ball very well and very much relied on Rodgers. And I think that's the that's the scenario the Packers need to try to avoid on the road in a loud, in in a loud noisy dome is uh, they need to have the balance on offense because if uh, if the Saints are just able to pin their ears back and they say and go after the quarterback because everything is on Rodgers, um, that's that's going to make it tough on this Green Bay offense. They need to be able to run the ball and uh, and hopefully control that crowd a little bit. It's always a challenge in that place. Let's switch sides and talk about the defense for Green Bay a little bit. Uh, if I'm correct, I believe 19th in yards allowed and 11th in points allowed. So so kind of a middle-of-the-road defense that, that sounds like the offense is really the, the driving force behind the Packers, but the defense can usually hold its own. Yeah, well, the defense the defense is the is the unit that is that's kind of growing, showing the most improvement. I mean, when you, you look back to the first you know the first month of the season you know the 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 defense really had its struggles against Seattle um had a bad first half against the Jets had a bad first half against the Bears gave up a lot of yards and a lot of points but um since the calendar turned to October the defense has really has really come on strong Minnesota granted Minnesota was playing with a third string quarterback in Christian Ponder on that Thursday night game but Minnesota really struggled to do anything Miami was shut down uh, through the first half of uh, of the game down there and then Carolina and Cam Newton just never really got anything going and the Packers like you know the the direction the defense is headed you know the the arrow is is pointing up as they say and um, you know the addition of Julius Peppers as a free agent in the offseason. Latroy Guyon in the middle of the defensive line has helped to solidify things. The cornerback, the depth in the defensive backfield, is really a big strength of this defense. Sam Shields, one of the starting cornerbacks, didn't play this past Sunday against Carolina, and his status is still iffy. But you wouldn't even have known because players like Devon House and Casey Hayward have have stepped in and taken more snaps and and done just fine uh, in the secondary. So the Packers like where their defense is headed, but uh, they know that that this test of playing New Orleans, you know, on the road and Drew Brees and that offense is uh is going to be probably the biggest test that they've had um since, you know, playing in Seattle in uh, week 1 taking on the Super Bowl champs to open the season. So, Mike, if there's a question mark or or a weak spot for this Green Bay team, what would that be? I would say uh, I would say the when things start to go when things start to go south for the Packers, it's Usually, when the, if the defense starts to struggle to stop the run, if teams start opening up holes and running the ball, getting five or six yards a crack, um, that's when uh, that's when the opponent starts to control time of possession. Aaron Rodgers is standing on the sideline. The defense is going to struggle to get the pass rush that they want because they're not in the down and distance that they want. It really 
you've really seen over the years, not just this year, but in past years too, with this Packer defense and the way it's constructed, if they're stopping the run, they're usually in pretty good shape. If if they're not stopping the run and they have to play things honestly, run or pass on any given down and distance, that's when uh, the game can start to go sideways for them. For the Saints, Jimmy Graham's always a matchup issue. He's a question mark for this Sunday. They're trying to get Brandon Cooks, their new rookie wide receiver, into a similar role of being a matchup problem and do some different trick plays for him. Who's the guy on the Packers squad that that opponents always have trouble matching up with? I would say – well, Jordy Nelson, I guess, is the is the obvious choice. He's uh, he's at or near the top of the league in in receiving yards and has been a really consistent threat. But uh, you know, the Packers don't necessarily do anything special with him. I would say the guy who maybe is the matchup issue is is Randall Cobb because the Packers can line him up in the backfield. They put him in the slot. They'll line him up out wide. Um, you know. They'll do a lot of different things and a lot of different routes with Cobb, and he showed this past week against Carolina was his best game of the season in terms of um, his yards after the catch, catching short passes, breaking tackles, turning them into big gains, and that's kind of the Randall Cobb that the Packers were used to seeing before he broke his leg in October of last year, which then sidelined him for 10 games, and then he didn't come back until the very end of the season. So, um Randall Cobb is the guy that that sort of looks like he's getting back into his old form, and pairing him with Jordy Nelson is uh, is is really the the matchup problem, I guess that uh, that the Packers are hoping to create. Yeah, that that was a nasty injury for Cobb. Mike, do do you think he's a hundred percent? Is he back to where he was pre-injury, or is he still working towards that? I think he is back now, and and I I think it was I think it's safe to say that you know through training camp and and the first few games of the regular season, he was still kind of feeling his way back, and and you know maybe was uh, was really not quite a hundred percent, or or maybe mentally didn't didn't feel like he was all the way back. I mean he he was out for a long time, and as you said, that was a pretty nasty injury. And Cobb was really really hard on himself after the the Packers lost in Detroit in Week Three. He called his own play embarrassing. He was going against you know third and fourth string nickelbacks for Detroit because they were banged up in the secondary and he couldn't get open he only caught you know three passes he dropped one or two he felt he should have had and he was he was really really hard on himself after that game and since then I think we've seen Randall Cobb you know start to get back to his old self as I said and and uh, he definitely looks uh, a lot more explosive a lot more like the the player the Packers saw before the injury. It's going to be a good matchup on both sides of the ball. It's going to be great fun to watch. Mike Spofford, thanks so much for your insight and your time this morning. We really appreciate it. You bet. Thanks a lot. We'll see you on Sunday, Mike. Have safe travels. All right. Thanks a lot. Take care. You too. All right. We've got much more coming up here on the Black and Blue Report. Coming up, we're turning our attention to Gleason Graw in honor of someone this city just loves as they should, Steve Gleason. His big fundraiser coming up this weekend in Champion Square. We're back in just a moment. The New Orleans Pelicans are taking flight and you don't want to miss any of the action. The Pelicans five-game flex plan presented by Domino's is the opportunity to pick the games right for you. Ticket plans are the only way to guarantee seats to the biggest games, including the matchup against LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Plus, each plan comes with a free Domino's pizza. Five-game packages start as low as $45. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to score your five-game plan today. 
Don't miss Blue Man Group. The theatrical sensation is coming to you, and your chance to see it is right now. Blue Man Group. Experience the phenomenon. Coming to Beau Rivage, October 31st to November 2nd. Get tickets at BeauRivage.com. Game on with NFL Ticket Exchange, the only official ticket exchange of the NFL, where 100% of tickets are verified by Ticketmaster. Buy and sell the NFL-approved way. Visit NFLTicketExchange.com. Together, we make football. We call it No Appointment Radio. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back into the Black and Blue Report. A very fun and exciting weekend coming up with the Saints playing in primetime Sunday night. And then Friday, one of the best annual events in the city for a fantastic cause. It's Gleason Graw. And today we have Mr. Paul Varisco, the executive director of Team Gleason, as well as Steve Gleason's father-in-law joining us today. Hey, Mr. Paul, thanks for coming on. Good morning, Jen. Thank you for having me. So everybody's fired up. Gleason Graw, Friday night, Champion Square. Give us a little insight into what folks can expect. Well, okay, this is our fourth year. And, uh, of course, we have the food trucks on the outside. We have a great lineup of music. We have uh, yours truly, Paul Verisco, in the Milestones opening with John Michael following, the Honey Island Swamp Band, um, Royal Teeth, the Rebirth Brass Band, and uh, ending with Anders Osborne and hopefully some special guests. Uh, those 610 Stompers will be around. There's a contest. There's a bunch of things. And we have our special VIP area where we'll have uh, nine of the fine, finest restaurants in the city inside, uh, hopefully some visits by the Saints, and uh, lots of good times and, and fun. This Gleason Gras just seems to have gotten bigger and, and, and better every year and become more and more popular with fans. Have you seen significant growth? Uh, we have. You know, last year was the first year that we partnered with the Saints in terms of a pep rally, and uh, it's free admittance on the outside, which is great. Um, and, yes, it, it's grown. And, of course, we've had, unfortunately, bad weather every year, but it will look like for the first time we have great weather this Friday night, so we're excited. Fingers are crossed. So if you can have turnout like that in bad weather, imagine what we're going to get during good weather. <laughs> Let's hope so. You're right. <laughs> now, everybody always asks me, you know, Steve is so beloved in this city. The city just uh, appreciates so much all he's done starting on the field, but but really more importantly what he's done off of it ever since his ALS diagnosis. Mr. Paul, how is Steve doing? He's actually doing pretty well. Uh, you know, he, he uh, got a trach about now six months ago, and uh, it's working out well. We have uh, a lot of care for him now, but uh, he looks really good. He's in great spirits, and, uh, you know, we're pushing along. We're trying our best to uh, raise more awareness to this disease and hopefully uh, someday find a cure. And, of course, he'll be there Friday? He will be around, and he'll be in and out uh, visiting people inside the VIP and also outside watching the music and visiting with his uh, fellow patients with ALS and their caretakers. And the crowd as well. I, I got to ask you, the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge just took really the globe by storm. I've never seen a social media slash fundraising phenomenon <laughs> like that. How much of how did that help Team Gleason? Because I know uh, Steve was a, a huge reason why it caught on. Right. Well, you know, the, our awareness has uh, has really expanded to the nation. We we. Uh, we actually did pretty well. We've, we've got checks from all over the country. Probably 50% of our the checks that we got from the Ice Bucket Challenge were from out of the state. 
the National ALS Association, you know, received the majority of the money, over $100 million, and hopefully they'll do some great things with that in terms of research. But the general awareness of the disease was, was uh, increased dramatically. And uh, a great, as you said, it was a phenomenon. Nobody understands how it happened. Uh, they'll probably do studies about it, and all the other organizations that the, the foundations and nonprofits are, are trying to find out what they can do to, to match that. But it's, uh, it seems to be something that nobody really can explain, but everybody is really grateful that it happened, uh, especially in the ALS community. Yeah, it really produced some uh, amazing results. And correct me if I'm wrong, just to kind of explain things and draw some lines, the National ALS Association, of course, works nationwide. Team Gleason is more about research and doing things here, such as the Team Gleason House, which has really been, first of all, it was a backdrop for a lot of the ALS ice bucket challenges. I saw a couple corporate ones unfolding there, uh, but it's really helping folks in the community here dealing with ALS. Yeah, and that's what Steve wanted to do is help people. You know, we we actually, our mission is not necessarily research, although we're, we have a new initiative that we're working on that will focus on research. But Steve's, Steve's idea was, uh, original ideas were just to help people who have ALS understand that they don't have to, to submit to the disease, that they can still live life to the fullest. So we created an adventure component to our mission. We send people on these life adventures, have them document it, and show other patients that they, too, can make the choice to live like Steve is doing. We also help them with equipment and technology, particularly uh, and mo- most recently with uh, eye technology, which allows them to communicate. We have sent out uh, a number of, uh, you know, we've just spent uh, probably $200,000 sending out these eye technology units to, to people who have ALS, and it really changes their lives from, from not being able to communicate to all of a sudden being able to communicate to their loved ones and, and family and friends, and it just makes it, it turns their life around. So that's what we're really proud of, and, and it's very rewarding. Uh, and that's what we will continue to do with uh, the Ice Bucket Challenge money and, as well as other things. Yeah, that, that's really, you said life-changing, and, and if folks can imagine for just a moment being trapped inside their body and not being able to communicate, and this eye technology that you're talking about, that's what allows patients to type on a computer screen in order to communicate like Steve does? That's exactly correct. And, uh, you know, we, we get no, notes from those people that, that really has, and is what makes us so proud is that, they really say specifically, it's changed my will to live. So as, just as you said, they're trapped in this body that they can't move, can't communicate with not a whole lot of hope. And when they get this communication device, now that it opens the world back to them. They can go back on the website, on the, uh, you know, online. They can Twitter. They can, I mean, they can tweet. They can, you know, Facebook. They can, they can be, become, uh, you know, back in the communication world and, and, and uh, do things that they couldn't do before. You guys are doing such amazing things, and Steve is such an inspiration. Thank you for your time, Mr. Paul, and best of luck with Gleason Graw again this Friday, Champion Square. Do folks need tickets, or they can just no, show it's, up? No, uh, it's free to come in. Uh, the tickets, if they want to go to the VIP area, which is in Club 44, they uh, they can go either to Ticketmaster or go to GleasonGraw.org uh, and get their tickets there. We'd love to have everybody come on out. We, uh, we, uh, we uh, make sure that you'll have a good time. They always do, especially when uh, Mr. Paul is playing. Your band's one of my favorites. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, great. Best of luck with it, and thanks so much for your time today. And thanks for having me. We appreciate it. Of course, of course. Keep it right back here. We will be back in just a moment on the Black and Blue Report.
fans cheer on your Pelicans as they play their final preseason game against the Dallas Mavericks at the CenturyLink Center in Bossier City on Thursday, October 23rd. Prices start at just $9 from www.ticketmaster.com. While in town, enjoy the opening weekend of the State Fair of Louisiana, our numerous casinos, including the world-famous Horseshoe Casino and Hotel. Check out hotel packages for the game and other things to do at shreveport bosierorg or call 888-45-VISIT. Let's get the ball rolling for a thrilling time at the Sanderson Farms Championship PGA Golf Tournament, November 3rd through 9th at the Country Club of Jackson. For lots of first-class golf and fan-pleasing fun, join us for the Sanderson Farms Championship. It'll be quite a ride, unless you're chicken. For ticket information, visit www.sandersonfarmschampionship.com. Pelicans.com and NewOrleansSaints.com, your first stop when following your teams. Great show today. Our thanks to Mike Spofford, Paul Verisco, uh, Monty Williams, Ryan Anderson, and of course, Jen Hale. Thanks for coming in Studio B today. It's good to have you. I love it. I love getting to hang out with you. Thanks for having me. Anytime. First, before we let you go, um, we have some. you have some internet shows for NewOrleansSaints.com. They're going to be... Uh, you're going to be taping them today. What should we look out for? Yep, they, they should post tonight or tomorrow. Uh, one is the Saints fantasy forecast, getting all you fantasy owners geared up for the game. Who's important to play? Who should you be looking for? And, uh, you know, both the Packers and the Saints, they have different players do so much. Yes. So who is going to be a good value? Who's going to be that surprise player? We're going to get you all teed up for that. And then, of course, a, a show I've really enjoyed doing, the Saints Social Zone. It's where we go back through uh, the social media cha- cha- channels and uh, take a peek at these players' lives and what's going on. And, and so this is going to be a, a, a look at, at the week of a life of the players and the team, uh, going through the emotions of that trip to Detroit that didn't work out the way the Saints wanted. Um, tough for them to handle. So how did they rebound? What was inside their heads and their hearts? And how does that affect them regrouping for this Sunday? All that's on the Saints Social Zone. Check it out, NewOrleansSaints.com. Yeah, so plenty of stuff. It's always good stuff, too. And I, I take some fantasy advice from there, too, because I definitely need it on my team. And, and you're back traveling. And do you have some time to relax a little bit this week before you go back <laughs> to your next game? Not really. It is a busy week, actually. Um, we've got some events um, Wednesday. Mr. Tom Benson and Miss Gale are renewing their vows. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is going to be fun. And then Thursday, we've got a big uh, NFL tailgate party for ladies, for women that, that I'm hosting. And then I hit the, hit the road at 6 a.m. I fly out. I've got the... Uh, Cardinals and Eagles in Phoenix, so I'll be flying out first thing, crack of dawn, Friday morning. That should be a good one, too. Those are two of the the best teams right now in the NFC. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I enjoy the coaches on both squads. Um, I really like what Bruce Arians has done over at the Cardinals, and and I want to see this team up close. I I was honestly kind of shocked at what they've been able to do with the backup quarterback uh, before Carson Palmer came back in. So so I'm excited to see him. It's going to be a good matchup. Absolutely. So look for Jen on NFL on Fox on Sunday for Eagles and Cardinals. And then, of course, next Tuesday for the big Pelicans opener against the Magic on Fox Sports New Orleans. Tomorrow on the show, Sean will be back. We'll hear from David Wesley on, of course, another Wesley Wednesday. Jen mentioned fantasy football. Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com will be on as part of our fantasy focus. And we'll talk a little golf. Steve Gent from Sanderson Farms Championship will be on. Give us some info on that tournament that will be going on November 6th through the 9th. So some golf, some basketball, some football. We'll get everything for you 
on tomorrow's show. Well, that'll do it for today. Again, a big thanks to Jen Hale for coming on with me. Sean will be back tomorrow. And until then, have a great rest of your Tuesday. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.